What up? Welcome to episode 4 of the Audio Diaries. This is a podcast that I'm making for myself a week from now, a year from now, and 10 years from now. I think I came to this the decision that I'm going to use it just for my own record keeping and practicing certain things like being being good at speaking and creating a narrative as I speak. Um, I decided to do it like that because it's just that I don't think this is the type of content that would do well on YouTube and, um, you know, podcast platforms, mainly because it's just a guy speaking into a camera. I don't think, I don't know how well this connects with people it's not very structured it's just me talking for sometimes up to an hour um and other times it could be you know like a a much shorter thing that's just like oh this and this and this and then shut it down so yeah so the point of this podcast is to record my progress with my company edna labs um Edna Labs is a, it's, I really like it now because it's, it's becoming harder to describe what it is because of how I've tried to make it really unique. But the aim, if you were a a company that wanted to hire Edna Labs, our goal would be to help you have more control of your sales and marketing processes and improve your sales and marketing outcomes. So basically improve your revenue. That's the goal of Edna Labs. Um, Yeah, so I think up until now, I've been very sort of coy about what the, the, like what exactly the, the offer is with Edna Labs. So if you've been following up until now, you'll know that I have um, been using a book called $100 million Offers by Alex Hormozzi, $100 million Offers. And the idea, the main main idea of the book is that you, I mean, the tagline of the book is even make offers so good that people feel stupid saying no. That's, so that's the goal, right? Of, of how I've sort of come up with the idea of what this is. And yeah, so that's that's what I'm trying to do with this, right? Is make offers so good that people feel stupid saying no. So so I spent like yeah, the past, you know, month or so developing this offer. Um I'm still working on it. Um but the first step in that was to develop a landing page. The reason why I decided to do it like that is um I wanted to get something out relatively quickly. Um, I remember, I know that Amazon, if you know me, you know I'm obsessed with Jeff Bezos and Amazon and things like that. Um, And I want to say I was, I liked Jeff Bezos before he was the richest man in the world. Um, Just (laughs) because I'm a capitalist hipster. Um, Yeah, so I've been following his stuff and 
something that I heard of that they do at Amazon is when they want to launch a new product, they release, they create a one page press release to think about how they're going to, how they're going to communicate this product to their customers. I mean, generally it is a, a B2C that's business to consumer um, business. So they, so a one page sort of makes sense. I don't think they're very sales driven. They're more uh, product driven. So they would do would probably do a press release that would like ignite the whole process of acquiring customers. Press release, relatively small group of people try it based on the quality of the press release. And, um, and then more and more people, it basically spreads through word of mouth because people just love the product i.e. product-led. Um, cool. Um, I like tangents, but I'm going to try and avoid those and just speak specifically to what I'm doing. So so they had, so Amazon has this thing where they create a press release about a new product that they want to do. I'm, my version of this press release was this land, is this landing page, um, which speaks very broadly to what the service offering is of Edna Labs. So I've been calling it a data science company, and I think a lot of it is data science, but a lot of it is also um, this is the part that's challenging me is I don't know what to call this, and I'm sure I'll as I speak about it and stuff it'll it'll reveal itself. But for now, I'm calling it market research, right? But it's more than market research, like. We do, it would be like, yeah, it would, it, it, you know, I mean, market research is very broad. So maybe for now, market research is the right word. Um, and also calling the company a data science company is also the right word because that's very broad. So it's, it's a combination of market research and data science with the aim of helping um, solar companies and companies in the sort of load shedding assistance space um, improve revenues, improve sales, improve marketing. Yeah, it's not very clean, but that's basically it. I, I need to shorten it, but that that be, I think that's a pretty accurate description of what it is. So we use data science and market research to help solar energy and load shedding type companies um improve their revenues directly through marketing and sales right so we so we we only want to speak to your marketing and sales department we don't want to speak to hr we don't want to speak to operations we don't want to speak to the capital team or whatever the accounting accounting team we want to speak to marketing and sales your marketing and sales department is our client right um and only if you're a company that's focused on alleviating the pain of load shedding. So if you sell solar, main, so it's so it's uh, sort of solar and battery e-commerce companies, um, even generators, I think um, as much as we want to be green focused, um, if you're selling generators, you are alleviating a huge problem that South Africans face. So we would also like to work with you. Um, and if you are a solar panel installer or an electrician focused on solar panel installations and things like that, we would also like to speak with you. So 
yeah, so that's that's basically it. So it took me it took me pretty quick to <laughs> to zero in on you know load shedding kind of a thing. It started off as just being solar panel installers, and then I was like, oh hey, wait, there's a lot of stuff happening. The problem that solar panel installers are alleviating is basically the pain of load shedding. So why not just expand it to everyone working on load shedding? I would say that's a growing market right now. Shout out to SCOM in stage six, which is insane. Um, the number of people who are already speaking about potentially leaving the country who are like, oh, I'm going to stay here until I retire. I'm going to change things for the better, whatever, whatever. A lot of those people have already started saying, I don't know. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. So it's a very painful thing that people are feeling. Um, and there are a lot of companies who have gone into the space to try and, you know, alleviate that pain. Um, so it's a growing, growing area. Um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. And also long term, if you know me, you know that I really want to be in, um, the, um, sort of renewable energy infrastructure funding space. So I think this is a good place to learn about at least renewable energy and solar energy and level up my understanding at, at, at a small scale and then uh, grow from there. Um, yeah, so some other stuff that I'm doing in, in line with that, this is a bit of a ramble, a bit of a tangent, but some stuff that I'm doing in line with that is I'm actually doing my master's, which I'm hoping to finish by February. So um, today's the last day of the year. So I, I said that from the 1st of January, I'm going to really push to try and get that thing done by then. So tomorrow is the day I start really pulling my socks up academically. Um, but yeah, I think for now, I wanted to try and get Edna Labs to like a, get some momentum going. So, so yeah. So in terms of Edna Labs, so what have I done? So I've actually finished the landing page, right? It's at a stage where it's, you know, critiquable, right? It's something that's done that you can say, this is an issue and that is an issue and this is an issue and this needs to be improved. Um, and part of the value of this podcast for me is that I actually get to think through some of the stuff. So for example, it doesn't say anywhere on the landing page that we serve people who would be selling and installing generators. But if you're doing, if you're selling and installing generators, definitely you're within um, our, our target client. So um, yeah, so you know, something that I need to change on the website. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, so that's one thing, but for the most part, I really, I really like it. I I'll link to it below or something. It's called, it's called Edna labs dot the, so the website is Edna labs dot co dot za. Right. So just, yeah, check that out ednalabs.co.za um, Something that I really like about it, I made it on Wix, just FYI, I made it on Wix. I paid a bit of money for the logo. Um, okay, so we just talk through everything, right, about making this thing. <coughs> so, 
I got the domain from godaddy.com and then I started trying to make the website on godaddy.com. It was an awful experience. It was going to be very expensive. So I was like, nah, I forget how much I paid for the domain, but let's say a thousand rand. I paid about a thousand rand for the domain. Um, then was it a thousand rand? I don't know. It was probably less than a thousand rand, right? But I got the domain for about that. Then I, so I spent, I think I spoke about it on the podcast, but like I spent a lot of time thinking about the name. There were all sorts of awful names. Um, the sort of criteria I was looking for was stuff that isn't shame. Hey, stuff that isn't like overtly like African, like, um, you know, and maybe it's bad. Like maybe I should be more bold and be more brave and like put Africa in the name. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want people to, cause the, the idea is that, you know, we do want to be an international firm. Um, so I didn't want people from other countries to be like, Oh, you know, just associate negative stereotypes of Africa with the firm. At some point I would want to get out there and be like a real champion for, um, for this continent in terms of uh, commerce, global commerce and being business people and on the global stage, like there are, and there are people who are doing that, but um, for now, every little advantage that, that I can get in terms of this company, I need to double down on that. So, so that's one small thing. So I didn't want that. So I didn't want it to be overtly African and all the names initially were very like Africa labs, Cape Town labs, Cape Town, what 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 The labs part of the name came because it's a data science company and you do science in a lab. <laughs> um, so, labs. Then, so I went through a bunch of names. The name had to be something you could say and people mostly generally know how to spell it. So it wouldn't be like, like there was, I was thinking of calling it athletics. So that that's African analytics. How do you spell that? guess <laughs> like you know every like imagine you would have to like be like bro so this is how you or mr ceo this is how you spell the name of our company I, that's not a, a good place i don't think a, not a good place to be um so those are two things i think having an x in your name is just because it could be af like you see what i'm saying athletics it could be at the end T-I-C-S or T-I-X or whatever. It's just not a good place. Um, what else? Thought, thought about that. Of course, the domain had to be available. I wanted a .com domain. I didn't get one. Maybe when we get a bit of money, I'll buy the .com. But for now, that's what we've got. Yeah, so Edna Labs came from I was having a conversation with my sister whose name is Edna and I was like oh your name is perfect <laughs> your name is a perfect name for my company so I was like do you mind if I appropriate your name and she was like sure and that's the name of the company um but the story I'm gonna tell like people is that it's um is it's based on Edna mode which it is actually kind of which we spoke about like I spoke about with my sister on the call like oh there's Edna mode who we both love 
Edna Mode's a fashion designer from The Incredibles. She made all the um, superhero outfits and stuff. So, yeah, so I was like, okay, Edna Mode, very design-focused. Um, and pick, uh, The Incredibles was made by Pixar, and Pixar is also very focused on um, combining design and tech, which is sort of what we do. Um, I think there's... There is definitely that aspect in terms of the the dashboards we want to create. Um, we might, yeah, we'll see what the approach will be. But in terms of like dashboards, that is something I think where you get to create a brand in a way and add to your sort of visual the visual identity of your company. So there's that. Um, yeah, so Edna Edna Labs ended up becoming the name. So that's that. Cool. So I got used, figured out the name, got the domain, ednalabs.co.za. Then the, the, the name and logo, I used some online logo maker. Um, there was a time when I screenshotted, I made a logo on that logo maker and then just screenshotted the logo and used that for a business. But I, I figured like, that's not really that's not really how I want to be doing things so now um I bought it which was painful but I own it now in perpetuity so um yeah so I maybe I need to chat to a lawyer still and see if like what the actual agreement is but I paid them for the rights to the logo so it's mine mm. and that was about 1000 rand maybe 1200 something like that um which Again, <laughs> yeah, so got that. Um, I forget the name of the logo maker, but I really, so it was nice because I like the logo. I like the name. You'll see it if you visit the website. Um, sorry, I like the font of the name. Um, and I like the sort of color, like that blue. So the it's, it's like a really dark blue. So that blue is called um, Eve Klein Blue. Eve, like Eve Saint Laurent. Yo, look at you. Fancy schmancy G. Anyway, Eve Eve Klein spelled the same of same way as the Eve and Eve Saint Laurent. So it's Eve Klein. He's a artist who died a long time ago from some country in Europe, I forget. I studied it in high school. But the blue um, that he used, I don't know, he really resonated with me. He was a strange guy, but I liked his art and stuff. Um, or I like the story behind his art more. I like the art, the art's fine. The stories were just dope as well. Um, so he invented a color blue, um, which is Eve Klein blue, which is the color I used for, um, which is sort of the corporate color of Edna Labs. So, yeah, so got that. Then, um, so that's the color of the logo. That colors a lot on the website. Yeah. Then, making the website. So, um, the website I made on Wix, uh, GoDaddy had a, offer or something on like you can make your website in there but it just i don't know it wasn't good wix was way better um the pricing for all of these sites can be a bit confusing 
depending on like what you want to do. So, and there's a lot of upselling, like a lot, an insane amount of upsetting. It was, it was, their upselling was upsetting. <laughs> it was insane. So, um, anyway, um, I ended up paying about 5,000 Rand, 6,000 Rand for the Wix website. So that's going to be for the year. And I think it was, so there's a basic version of, of it. And then there's like one up from a basic, which is, it's basically meant to be a website for like a freelancer who wants to book calls with, with potential clients, which is what I did, which is what I need. Right. Um, but then once you get that, and this is, this was the sort of annoying thing. Once you get that, then there's all these other services that they offer, which seem very helpful. And I'm sure they are, but that's additional money that they want to collect from you. So I was like, okay, for now, I just need a website to get people's contact details so I can set up a call with them. That's what I've done. So it's nice. Um, I like the website. The cool thing is every, like I've sent, I've told like, you know, some family and friends, like a handful of people to check out the website and half of them filled in the contact contact form at the bottom just for just so i think that's a really good sign which just shows how easy it is to fill in that form so i don't think i'm going to be changing that that's I, that's actually very exciting so it's like if you know if a if a potential customer sees the website gets to the bottom sees a contact form and is like yeah let me i'm keen you know, or I'm, I, I'm curious. It's, I mean, it's free to fill in the form. You put your name, email, phone number, and then like a short message. Done. Um, yeah, so that's, so I, I, that's really exciting to me. Um, so the website is live and there's a lot of changes. I'm sure it's going to change a lot. Like just, you know, being very iterative as I come up with ideas, as I get feedback from the markets and potential customers and things. I'll, I'll, you know, make some changes there. So the website is out and I'm so glad. And it cost me a significant amount of money. Um, it's like, I don't know, it's that, that, that money isn't nothing to me. It, yeah. So, um, but it's an investment. So I'm not, I'm not crying about it. I'm actually happy. I'm happy that I spent it and I'm happy with, with how everything came out. Another thing I got from it um, when I got the domain was I got uh, email addresses, right? I feel like this would be so useful like, for like some someone who like has never done anything online and, is, and wants to figure this out. Um, so I'll probably make this into a segment. But on GoDaddy, ah, that's another thing I paid for. On GoDaddy, when I registered the URL, it gave me, I could use that URL obviously for email addresses. So you can actually email me joshua at ednalabs.co.za so he has another i was just on a spending spree this day here's another thing i paid for so i got google workspace because i wanted to have gmail for the company um which is fine like it was it comes with a bunch of other stuff that i'm sure will be useful as we go um just came with the whole g suite so you know google docs google drive things like that um yeah I don't know. I can't remember how much that was. So let's call that probably another 
for like a year for annual subscription probably another thousand rand or something i i really can't remember so at this stage on the company i've spent like you know maybe 10 below 10 definitely below 10 but definitely more than five i mean the website alone was five so yeah approaching 10 uh 10k so yeah that's cool hopefully this thing works <laughs> yeah hopefully this thing works i'm sure it will though um i'm sure it will i'm supposed to be projecting confidence but you never know right like i i think it will work i really do but um we'll see yeah so that's sort of the whole website journey um got the website going that's exciting there's definitely some stuff to um fix there like for example the emails so when people fill in that form the emails aren't going to my company email address it's going to my personal email address which is not good i you know you'd like to have a division of or separation of church and state so need to fix that but it's like little things like the ball is rolling now and i mean just because the email went to my personal email address doesn't mean um it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I'm, it's like if a customer's or a potential customer emails me like that, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, send it to my uh, company email address. Like, it's a potential customer. I'm going to book the call, have the call with them, hopefully close the deal. Done. So I'm not crying about that at all, but I do want to fix it. Um... Yeah, so I would say the website is operational, which is great. <sighs> what a relief. Now, onto the real thing. So, so all of that was just called it practice for and setting up me reaching out to potential customers. Right? Um yeah that that's all all of this was just for that i'm not my plan isn't to drive traffic to the website per se yet um it's not optimized for google seo if you google edna labs it will not come up it's not linked to any other websites on the internet um except for the only other places on the internet is like WhatsApp chats where I've sent people the link to like have a look at the website. But other than that, it's nowhere. And then I might link it. So the most traffic it will get will be probably from this video. I might, I will put a link to the website underneath. If it's this video or podcast, I will put a link to it in the description below. So if you want to check it out, you can support the boy. But um, yeah. It was, it really was an exercise in, in thinking through the, the sort of sales and marketing messaging, which is why it might change a lot now, because now my next thing is I'm going to actually try and reach out to a customer. Finally. <laughs> so there's this thing that, um, Scott Galloway said, which was, you don't really have a business until you until you've got your first dollar in revenue. So that's what I'm now pushing towards. The website is up. I'm glad it's done. Now we're, we're, we're cold emailing, 
cold messaging, whatever, until we get that first one. If I can get a warm introduction, even better. But I've learned a bit on how to cold message and cold email. So I'm going to use that. Definitely going to use that. Um, yeah. So they're not... So here's the thing. There aren't that many solar installers in South Africa. There's like about 260. Um, so I can't be too like vanilla with my approach. I can't just be like, hey, Mr. So-and-so. I, you know, whatever the email body of the... Like, it can't just be an email. I have to really try and stand out. Um especially if I can't get a warm introduction, you know, or yeah, a warm introduction. So there's someone that I'm thinking of who's in my network who is like perfect. It's nearly, it nearly seems like I made this whole company just to get him as a client. Um, Cause it just kept getting more and more perfect. So um, yeah, I don't know if I should describe him, describe who this is or not, but it's like perfect. So I really think I can help them. Um, they're already successful. I feel like they can afford the service. Um, and I definitely think we'll, we'll both be better off from working together, which is literally how, how I want it to be, you know, with every customer. Like that's the only, for me, that's the only way this works. If we're both better off than if we never work together. So I literally thought about it like, um, the quadrants in the prisoner's dilemma in game theory. So I didn't put it, I didn't think about it as a prisoner's dilemma. I thought about it more as a, in a very general sense, right? So there's only one quadrant where we're both better off. There's two quadrants where the other's better off and I'm worse off. And then the other one is I'm better off and they're worse off. And then there's one where no one's, we're both worse off kind of a thing or sort of a no change. Um, and yeah, I'm at a stage in my career where I only want to be in places where we're both better off, right? And I would tend towards... Ah, but here's the thing. It's a repeated game, right? So it's not a once-off thing. It's going to happen again and again and again and again, right? So um, life is long. Careers are long. You don't interact with people or companies or whatever once you interact with them over and over again even in different ways so you don't want to interact with someone and get everything you can from them and then the next and then don't deliver on whatever on what you promised or don't you know do what you said you would do or you let them down in some way and then later they're like oh i remember that person they charged me an arm and a leg and didn't do any do any good now that potential customer or that customer has grown and can pay you way more for your service and needs more complex services because now they have a more complex business. But all they could remember is that when they were starting or when they were more early on, you came and screwed them over. So you don't, definitely don't want to be in that position, right? Then the other part is, um, you know, um, this is very philosophical, but it's just 
how I want to approach business, I think. Um, you get screwed over and they get all the winnings, right? You don't want to... My sense is you don't want to be seen as a pushover and you don't want to let people walk all over you. Um, but there's also something like... And maybe it's not being a pushover or let people walk all over you. Um, but there's something to be said about charging really low for your services relative to the value you're providing. Um, or even relative to what you should or could charge, you know, or some other, or they get some other extreme benefit and you don't get as much benefit. There's something about that that can build um, relationships, you know. Like, people remember how much you did for them and things like that. So, um, and, then if, and then if you think about it as a repeated game, that's like, wow, I got so much value. And hopefully they have a favorable view of you still, that they, when their business is larger and is more complex, they do want to work with you again. Um, and you can charge more, more for your services. Oh, load shedding is over. South Africa, my South Africa. So yeah, um, that's sort of sort of how I'm thinking about that. Uh, yeah, so I'm keen to start reaching out to customers. As I've said, my general approach is going to be, if I can get a warm introduction, that's first prize. Um, but if I have to cold email, that's also that I'm fine to do that. Um, I need to figure out like it's it's weird I like I need to nearly choreograph the sales process right like it's a choreograph isn't the right word it's more like practice like if you imagine it like a sports game more than a a, a thea theatrical thing um so I have to think about what I'm going to do in like different situations and think about the different stages this thing is going to go, like the sales process is going to go through. Um, Cause I think I'm good at that initial step and closing. Hmm? I think I'm good at that initial step, but this, I don't know. I've had challenges before in that middle area. Um, and maybe it's because I think a lot about that first contact and haven't thought as deeply about transitioning everything all the way to the very end so i need to think think about that and and you know do a better process there um but yeah you know there's i, I mean i've read a lot of books about that and i'm um And I've tried some of this stuff before, um, but I think it's just now I need to reflect on what I've done before and include those lessons. So I'm being very general here. Let me be more specific. So I, so there's two, two um, big examples that relate to coding for finance that, um, that I can think of. So the first one is I um 
there was a point where we thought maybe we should raise capital or create some partnerships with, at the very least, get some kind of advice from people who have been in the education space and have scaled up. And I mean, and when I say scaled up, I mean like to huge extents, right? So, um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything wrong if I mention these people by name. I wouldn't mention them by name, but they, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur in South Africa and you follow what happens in entrepreneurship in South Africa, you know, you know who these people are. These are like big, big people. Um, so I reached out to the, it was two separate people. I reached out to them. Um, one I had kind of met before when I was a student and one I've never spoken to before in my life. So I, so I reached out, um, and the message I think was really good. And, you know, we spoke a bit and he was keen to get more information. So I prepared a PowerPoint, basically a slide deck and, you know, me and me and the rest of the team actually at Coding for Finance prepared a slide deck and sent that to him, um, which is, I think that part was a mistake because after we sent the slide deck, we never got a response, right? Um, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it's my like, and this is something that I, maybe it's my um, fear of people with more resources than me taking my ideas and running with them and becoming successful and then sort of leaving me in the dust. Um, that fear standing in the way of, of success. So, you know, there were maybe, maybe there were certain things I was like, Oh, don't put this in the, in the PowerPoint. Don't do this. Don't do that. Da, 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 da. Um, and not, maybe not being like open enough. Um, so maybe that got in the way. Um, the power, the other thing is the PowerPoint was prepared by like three people. Um, and I didn't, you know, properly make sure that it was telling one coherent, cohesive story, um, which, which would, which I think might've been an issue, um, potentially, but I, so that's on the one hand. So we never heard back. There's a chance though, that, you know, some of the stuff just takes really long for people to turn around. So maybe it's, um, maybe it's, still it <laughs> being processed and like six months from now we'll hear back like oh hey we actually would be, be very interested in working with you or whatever or investing in you or something which would be good because i could you know still um do something with coding for finance or even be like oh hey i've moved on but let me tell you about what i'm doing now um so what so i'm not sure what the the what could be done there maybe you just felt the company wasn't doing something unique enough which to tell the truth i that was also my feeling that it just wasn't um yeah it wasn't that unique um so the offer of of coding for finance just wasn't that unique so if, if that was the feeling, then, I mean, if that's how I felt, right, 
being in charge of it, I was probably subliminally communicating that to other people. So, yeah, who knows? Anyway, so that's what happened with that one. Then the other one was um, um, a similar thing. I sent a message that I think was very well thought out, well written. Um, and they, I just realized I need to fix something up. Actually, yeah, I need to fix, I think I need to fix something on the landing page, but I'll double check that. I don't know if it has a strong enough call to action. Um, obviously the, um, there's a form there and the form needs to, and can be filled out, but, um, Am I saying, hey, fill your information in the form below and this is what you can expect to happen? That I haven't said that on the website, so that's an important thing. Um, yeah, I think at every stage, you know, it's important to to have a call to action. Like, ask, ask what you want to ask, you know. Um, so, yeah, so that was, that was one... I think that was that's a mistake that I might be making, and that was a mistake that I made then potentially. I don't know. The other thing is, okay, so that was the one guy. The other guy, um, similar thing, sent the message. He, I forgot what he said, but it 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 was. Um, I actually forgot, forgot what happened <laughs> with him, but I feel like it was a similar thing. I need to go check my notes again. It was a similar thing. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, like... I need to think about that middle process of the sales process. That middle part and then closing. At the very least, I need to have a strong first touch and a strong close. Because then I think my... I can sort of figure out the rest and be like, okay, this is what needs to happen to be able to have a strong close. Um, cause if I can get that close, yeah, I think I need to think about the close and then think about everything that happens after the close and think about everything that happens before the close to the first touch. Then I'll, I will, um, I will be able to, to get somewhere. And I've read a lot of books. I've read a lot of books about marketing, but Maybe not as many on sales, especially not B2B sales. Actually, on B2B sales, I know boop, very little. So I need to definitely up my game there. But yeah, I'm keen to go on the, the next stage of this entrepreneurship journey. Um, as uh, I'm trying to practice projecting confidence, but this is me contemplating everything. So I'm still thinking about a lot of stuff. So i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry this is me contemplating thinking about a lot of stuff and contemplating so there's no like hard answers there's no way for me to be like this is the direction i'm going you know it's very early it's very it's this is the amorphous stage where there's a bunch of ideas there's a lot of excitement but there's no and there's a direction but there's no like um solid processes and systems and decisions that have already been made yeah so 
so yeah where to from here so that's that's actually the next thing i'm doing so as you know i have my notion i have on notion i have tasks that are like um they put there and then the to-do list is long the doing list is like one or two items i try and keep it at one but sometimes there'll be two there and then now because i'm making a lot of progress the done list is also starting to look nice and long so yeah so i'm excited uh yeah all right so trying to do carve outs so i read more of that book um it takes a tsunami by i, I thought his name was pronounced raul it's rail levitt right as in this is how he introduces himself to people he says as in railway or something but apparently rail is short for israel so his name is rail levitt fantastic book i enjoying this book so i'm at the stage where he's sort of talking about himself and his family history and um you know and it's it really goes way back i mean his 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 um part of his like family history was linked to um the holocaust and oh just horrible really horrible stuff um and then i mean it's really the the family history is a lot of ups and downs so it was linked to the the Holocaust in the Second World War. I forget what country they were in, but they eventually ended up in Auschwitz, which is just ugh, hectic. Um, and then um, he, I can't remember. I think it might be his grandmother or something had a very ended up having a very successful business in South Africa. Um, and then I think his parents. Ended up living in Belleville, which is where I work, which is crazy to me. Um, ended up living in Belleville. If you know me, you don't. Re you know I don't really like. I don't love Belleville. I find it kind of boring. But I think if you, I think if you're starting a family or starting a business, Belleville is a fantastic place. I'll tell you why. Um, for family, it's quiet. I'd say relatively safe. Property values aren't insanely high. Um, UWC is like around the corner. Great, like a great university. I think the schools are pretty good. Even if they, I don't know, I haven't investigated. Even if they aren't, Cape Town isn't, isn't your know, Cape Town isn't super far. So um, if you're willing to drive further or send your kids to boarding and then see them on weekends and visit them every now and then, it's really, I think it's not a bad option. There's also, obviously, it's basically part of Cape Town. So there's an international airport nearby. So in terms of the business side, there's an international airport nearby. There's a university to recruit from. There's a, a bunch of large companies around. So you can get really well-trained people to come join your company if you can make them a compelling, um, you know, offer. So... Yeah, Belleville, if you want to start a company, I think it's not a bad place to be. I think. I haven't properly investigated property prices. The property price thing, I'm not sure about, but it's definitely cheaper than city center, right? Or Seapoint or Greenpoint or whatever. So you probably get a decent office there. Um, yeah, so reading that book, pretty good. Keen to get back to the business stuff. 
I don't know. I like hearing people's backgrounds, but not as much as I like hearing their business, actual business journey. Um, yeah, then... So, reading that... Then I watched a YouTube video about Joe Tsai. So, which I really like that video. So, um, he is... You can say this or was the second in command at... Um, uh alibaba and i mean his career journey is also very interesting so he went to like yale or something and then when he finished there he ended up working as a he went eventually went to law school or whatever and then he ended up working as as a lawyer in a i think an investment bank and he didn't like being in a support function which reminds me of someone else that i'm very very familiar with um so he didn't like being in a support function, so he tried to move to... He ended up moving to a support function in a private equity company, but used that, I think, used that to eventually become a deal maker in a private equity company uh, in the Hong Kong uh, office of a European private equity firm. So, so he works there, works his way up. He's like working, 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 working. Eventually he's about to be... I think he's like he's like works there for four years, so he's about to like you know really become something. Then he meets the people from Alibaba. He meets Jack Ma and other people, and they end up recruiting him to join. Um, join them, and I'm not kidding. His salary when he joined, so he was making seven hundred thousand dollars a year at this private equity company. He joins Jack Ma and them for fifty dollars a month, <laughs> like, bro. Um, but yeah, that definitely worked out for him because by the by the time Alibaba IPO'd, I think he he was worth like seven and a half billion dollars. Um, he owns the Brooklyn Nets now, so yeah, man, this is doing well for himself. So I I don't know, I just like that like career journey. Um, I just found it very interesting. Um, yeah then what else so i'm still listening to um the myth of normal um guys if there's anything you can can learn is to or the thing that i've learned i would say the thing that i've learned and i hope if i i hope when i return to these podcasts when i'm older i'm I feel that I've lived up to this, but the thing that I've learned is you need to be able to express yourself, um, like clearly, right? Um, sorry, there's a bit of background noise, um, but it's all good. Um, you need to, yeah, you need to be able to express yourself clearly and clearly. Express your emotions, feel your emotions and express your emotions, right? Like don't, don't repress, don't suppress your feelings. I don't, it's not a good thing. It literally leads to inflammation, which is the, nearly the fertilizer for disease. Like it just makes it very easy to get certain diseases. So, um, to get autoimmune diseases, which is like, apparently it's like incurable, um, so, so trauma, overwhelm, overwhelming stress, trauma, um, 
sustained high stress levels all of these things um can lead like can lead directly to disease um so my suggestion is yeah express express how you feel do it often try and understand how you feel do it often do it early um i think perhaps i don't know if i'm something so they they described a profile of a type a personality um and we're like people generally people who have a, who are like a type a personality are predisposed for like heart conditions which is crazy because i've been having chest pains pretty frequently recently um and this is someone who's has a full-time job is doing their masters recently sort of can i say shut down a business that they've been trying to push for like 3 4 years and is now starting another one um so starting another two i don't talk about the other business but it's there and it's real um so this is um 100% a person who um who is um yeah i'm talking about myself in third person i'm definitely i think i fit a type a personality i might be experiencing some of the um the symptoms that they're describing so i i don't know what the the fix is i guess it's probably to drop one or two or something of the things that i'm doing and focus more on some of the other things The weird thing is I know what the future is for me um which I've said earlier in this podcast it's renewable energy investing um in Africa and all the other stuff is just in service of that but if it's not in service of my health then it's not in service of my life overall and it's not in service of that in a way so yeah it's nearly like the decision is making itself but will i have the bravery mm to follow through and the thing that i've already decided we'll see <sighs> yeah so it's weird these podcasts are like therapy sessions for me even if no one listens i have gained so much value from recording this and i can't wait to listen to this episode next week before i release the next week's episode um Yeah, so that's that, I guess. That's that. Um what else did I read or watch or We were in I didn't even speak about this. So we were in Durban. <laughs> we were in so we went to Durban um for a while. And it was nice. We stayed at the Sun Coast Hotel. um we went to see our old house in Richards Bay so it was cool and while i was there i did a bit of work on the website in between sort of chilling like in sort of the you know the moments we had by ourselves i, I did a bit of work on the website the one night i ended up just so i set up my like stuff to work and i just ended up just sitting there staring out the window just like thinking about stuff. And a lot of the stuff I've, that I've said in this 
I'm swallowing my words. I can tell. A lot of the stuff that I've spoken about in this podcast is stuff that I thought about and decided that night, right? So, so it, yeah, it was, it was like two hours or something of just, I literally, I'm not even kidding. I just sat, I, you know, looked out the window and just thought, and then every now and then I'd like Google something or check something, but mainly I was just thinking and it was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. I'm, I, I want to find the time to do that more. I definitely want to do that more. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's it. I don't know if there's anything else really to say. Um, so I ended up deleting YouTube from my phone, which is great because I watch way too much YouTube. Even though so I do get value from it sometimes, but a lot of the stuff is just, it's like too much information. It's a lot of it isn't useful. So yeah, deleted that. And yeah, I, deleted tiktok i deleted i deleted a lot a lot of stuff um i kept instagram and i kept youtube studio for this podcast so i'm going to use youtube obviously to post and then i'm going to use instagram to promote and then get people to to youtube so yeah um yeah, so this is now the longest episode of uh, the Audio Diaries. I think they're going to stay long, even though it's not good for YouTube retention. Um, I mean, if you made it, to, <laughs> if you made it to this part of the the video or the podcast, then shout out to you, you're a real one. Um, but if, but yeah, I doubt anyone's still listening or watching. So. Um, yeah, this part's really, th 